Welcome to HVAC Success Secrets Revealed, a show where we interview industry leaders and disruptors, revealing the success secrets to create and unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Now your hosts, Thaddeus and Evan. Welcome back to another HVAC Success Secrets Revealed with Thaddeus and Evan. Today, we had the pleasure of bringing on Gene Slade from Service Tech Secrets. Gene is a former HVAC business owner, and Gene was a sales machine when he was in the business, and now he's going to teach you how to double your service tech income without being on call or working weekends. This was a fantastic conversation. We dove into all kinds of different topics, uh, talking about the seven essential sales numbers to track, how do you review your successful sales calls? to see if there was missed opportunities that you could have increased that, how to increase your average install ticket with ease. It was a great conversation, whether you're in the sales side of the business, you're a technician and sales is a part of your role, or you're an owner and you're running a team. This was a fantastic conversation. Tons of notes could be taken from it. We had a lot of interaction from guests this week on the live cast. So if you're missing those live casts, make sure you're tuning in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Mountain so that you can ask questions of the guests and dive into it because that's where you're going to get the most out of any of our shows. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the show with Gene. Pour yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and please enjoy responsibly. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back for another HVAC Success Secrets Revealed. We have the one and only Gene Slade on our show today. Gene is currently managing two different businesses. He has servicetechsecrets.io and then also the Lead Ninja system. I got to take this straight from Facebook. This is right underneath his Facebook profile. I help service techs and owners double their sales income and profits. I don't know too many service tech owners and uh, technicians that would not at least be intrigued by that statement. So I am very excited to have you on the show here, Gene. Thank you so much for taking some time on a Wednesday afternoon to join us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So let's dive in then. Service Tech Secrets, what's it all about? Uh, Service Tech Secrets is a place where service technicians and owners of businesses go for learning how to sell, not necessarily just the equipment. It seems like every sales trainer in our industry is uh, teaching how to sell equipment, but nobody's really teaching how to sell all the other stuff how to get all of the air pollution solutions that we know as IAQ, right? That's really my specialty. And I used to own an air conditioning business and that was really what we did with that company. We were focused on service, indoor air quality, and um, we didn't really chase the replacement like everybody else did. Doing that, we were still able to become one of the fastest growing companies in the country. So I think we did $15 million just in air pollution solutions in six years. Wow. So it was pretty cool. And so today we end up getting to make a massive impact all over the country because we're helping technicians help clients get cleaner, fresher, healthier indoor air, live a better life, feel better on a daily basis. So super, super satisfying, not only on that front, but also to watch guys come into the program and 2X, 3X, 4X. I've had guys who have 10X their average tickets in a matter of 60 days. So that's like life-changing, right? And then it, it's generational change. 
it's actually funny. One of the questions that I had down that I wanted to ask you was, how do you increase your average ticket with ease? And I know we obviously don't want to give too much away from your training program itself, but the big question, you know, when you're seeing people have those returns, what are some easy wins that somebody can do to increase their average ticket right off the hop? Well, you you talk about easy, (laughs) easy, (laughs) hard. We really just make that up inside of our own heads, right? Show me easy. Show me hard. It's completely made up. They're making that up in their own head, and it's because they don't know what they don't know. They don't know how to do it, so they assume it's hard, but it's not hard. It can be done in a week or two or three weeks. We see it happen all the time. It's people getting the right information. But and, and, and I don't have a problem with sharing as much as we have time for here because, I mean, my guys, they sign up for a year in our program and they still can't learn everything, right? I would say that the first thing that you want to do when it comes to selling accessories and actually getting money on jobs that you otherwise wouldn't get money on, right? Because let's face it, in the HVAC field, there's probably only one out of every 10 or so that we're going to run that's really a candidate for replacement, two if we're lucky, right? So that means you're running a whole lot of calls for not a whole lot of money on most of the calls, hoping to hit a home run. What if there were a world where on every single call, even if we weren't talking about replacement equipment, we could have an average ticket of $1,500, $2,000, $4,000. Would that change the game for people, right? Would that change the game for the industry at a 65% gross margin, right? And we're, we're able to pay our technicians a lot of money on that kind of stuff. So if we were going to just get into the, what I think the most important thing would be, it would be learning how to establish a need for the things, right? So for instance, a surge protector, that's a really easy one for everybody to start with, right? Because it's mainstream. They've got one on their television or they've got one on their computer or they've got one somewhere around the house. And if they don't, they got a laptop, that little box in between. Did you know that was a surge protector, right? So it's an easy thing for technicians to talk about. They don't have to have people selling them on whether or not it's important, right? They see shit happen to air conditioning systems all the time and they know that it's important. So I would start out there. I would start out learning how to establish a need. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean by make people hate the way the system is right now. Okay, that's what Charlie Greer used to say. He was one of my mentors. He said, you got to make them really uncomfortable with the way that things are or make them hate the way things are right now. So I have people do this with me all the time. I had two guys that I've never met yesterday that both came on a Zoom with me and I asked them to sell me a surge protector. And inevitably they puke all over me, (laughs) right? Like they, they talk at me. Have you ever been having a conversation with somebody that talked way too damn much and about two or three minutes into the conversation, you kind of just fade out for a while? So you think that that doesn't happen to our clients when we're talking in a language that they don't even understand? We're talking about the flux capacitor and all this other crap while we're out there. And you wonder why you lose people. We think sales is about benefits and building value and all this other stuff, but you can build all kinds of damn value for a thousand dollar pen. If I don't want it, I'm not going to buy it. Right? So people miss the fact that your clients do have to want to do one of two things. They have to want to escape pain or experience pleasure. And what do you think people will spend money on faster? Escaping pain or experiencing pleasure? Always pain. Yeah, you're damn right. But we're not, we're not letting them know that they're in pain. Here's yep. a perfect example with the surge protector. Instead of talking at you, I will ask you questions. And ask you questions to keep your brain engaged, right? And not let you float off on me. 
Plus, when I ask you questions in the way that I'm going to share with you right now, I get to bypass your truth-false filter. Do you guys know that you have a truth-false filter? Like when somebody says some shit to you, you decide, is this true? Is it not true? Right? Well, when I ask you a question in the way that I'm going to, I'll bypass your truth-false filter. It's almost like a magician does, right? How would you like to be able to literally control what your clients are thinking? Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be amazing for anyone. Right? So we do it, through, especially in dating, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I want to be able to control what they're thinking. So I do it through the use of questions. And I'll be out of the client's house and I'll go, why don't you have surge protection? And I'll give them the 11s here. You know what the 11s are, right? Anybody, any women that do Botox, they know what the 11s are. Those two little lines right there. So I'll go, why don't you have air conditioning or uh, surge protector? Kind of like something's wrong. Kind of like I see it on every single job. And they're like, oh my God, I don't have any. Right? And they're like, I don't know. Some guys are like, well, what do you say when you put the system in? Right? And they go, well, why the hell didn't you go over that with me when I bought the system? So I'll just teach them to say, I don't know. I wasn't here. But did you know? And then I'm going to ask them a question. Did you know that we get over 800,000 cloud to ground lightning strikes a year here? And then when that happens, we get in-home surges. Did you know that when we get an in-home surge that your compressors and your motors can glow cherry red on the inside? Do you think that's good? What do you suppose that does to the reliability of your system? What about the lifespan? Have you ever bought a new compressor before? So you didn't know that a new compressor is like 2,500 bucks? Can you see now why all of our clients just get surge protection rather than replacing expensive compressors and motors and possibly even a new system? Now, when they say yes to that, what was that? What was that called, that question? It's a trial close, right? Can you see now why all of our clients just get surge protection rather than replacing expensive compressors and motors and possibly even a new system? They say yes oh, to that. I'll, I'll buy a surge protector right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if they say yes to that, I know that I effectively established a need. They're uncomfortable with the fact right now that they don't have one. They see themselves in harm's way. They can see that they're going to pay for one whether they get it or not. Right? And if I can get somebody to agree that they're paying for something, whether they get it or not, I can get them to get it. That would be my number one advice for people is to learn how to do that. Learn how to ask questions. This is the first step of our sales process, okay? It's called E, establish a need for everything that's on your list. We have an acronym, five-step acronym. This is the first one. We won't have time to get into all of them, but this is probably the most important one because if you've been out on the job and it seemed like the client was disinterested in what you had to say, it's because they didn't give a shit, mm -hmm. right? They could care less. They're not concerned. There's no pain. There's no hot buttons being hit. Okay? So we do that with turning statements into questions, right? Instead of giving clients all of your information, instead of puking on them and putting them to sleep, for Christ's sake, ask them questions. Take that information and change the first three words. Add these three words to all of your information that you give clients. You ready? Did you know? Were you aware? Do you suppose? Would you believe? So you didn't know? So you weren't aware? And then give them your information. That's all that I was doing when I was doing that surge protection script. It's not hard. People mm -hmm. think it's hard, but it's not hard. You just got to spend some time. It's going to take something of you, right? It's going to take shutting off the television and actually do some training for your future. Right? How about you take your life and your family's life seriously? Right? Toughen up, Buttercup. Let's go. It ain't hard. It's time to rock and roll. 
So invest, invest in yourself, invest in your future. Every damn technician that's buying this or even comfort advisor, you guys, you guys have got at least an hour and a half to three hours behind your windshield every day. And what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Are you listening to country music? Are you listening to some podcast that's not feeding you or your family? How about you actually put something into your brain that'll actually make you money? Do you know that you can get the equivalent of a two-year degree in one year behind your windshield? I talk to you guys every day. I know you got an hour and a half to three hours behind your windshield. Do you think that that country music artist gives a shit how you're feeling when you walk into your call? No. How about you get your mind right? How about you start listening to people like Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Robert Kiyosaki, Gene Slade Jr. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> you're listening to people on a daily basis. And in our club, in our, our, our Service Tech Secrets group, that's what everybody commits to. They commit to at least 30 minutes a day of training inside the platform while they're driving behind that wheel. It's downtime. It's unproductive time. You ain't making no money. You might as well feed your brain so that when you get to that call, you actually have a chance of success. Eric had a question. He used so, to do a radio show for him. Well, I'm kind of curious, though, because, I mean, he, he asked that. What's the radio show all about? That was actually a really, really cool thing. Um, when I owned my own business, the way that I generated my leads, like I was fired with a five-week-old baby boy. I was managing a company in Tampa. I helped build it from a million and a half to eight million in three years. And they found out that I passed my contractor's exam on accident. And so they fired me. <laughs> I had a hundred bucks to my name, a five-week-old baby boy, and a non-compete for 50 miles. I was screwed. Like I, I took out 20 credit cards, bought two trucks before the bank realized I didn't have a job and started my business. <laughs> right. And that business, after I built it, I had built it off these radio shows where I'd get on conservative talk radio, uh, the Rush Limbaugh stations, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, and I'd buy an hour a time. Right. And then I'd get on there and I'd talk about the importance of maintenance, the importance of tune ups, why people want to do that. I'd talk about air quality, I'd talk about carbon monoxide. And um, that was a massively successful thing for me. I was generating over 2,000 new customers a year with it. And so when I sold my business, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I went into semi-retirement. Like six months later, I'm like, aha, I'm sitting on the couch one day because I got an non-compete. Uh, I sold my business to Louis Bruno. And so one day I was like, aha, I got it. I'll sell my radio show. I'll sell what I was doing, generating leads for other people. And every time the phone rings, I'll make money. I always dreamed of laying in bed with my kids on a Saturday morning and making money. The cash register ringing. I took my best scripts for my radio shows. I wrote a radio show, it's 27 pages long. I recorded it and I sold it to other companies around the country and I would do the radio show for them. And Eric was one of my clients that called me. He was in Dallas and the very first weekend that we launched the radio show for him, we got 82 call-ins, 82 customers in an hour call him for maintenance. He's like, turn the motherfucker off, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was it was quite crazy. Dallas is a really cool market. But that's that's how I started Lead Ninja after I sold my contracting company. And then I was generating all these leads for contractors like Eric, like a thousand, two thousand leads a year, and their guys weren't closing them. Right? Now I'm getting the call. These leads suck. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? They're from conservative talk radio, right? They're 35 to 55, middle to upper income, with extra disposable income. You ain't got a marketing problem, bro. You got a sales problem, mm -hmm. right? And unfortunately, at that stage of the game, I didn't want to do sales training anymore. I was kind of burnt out from building my company. 
I really didn't have a choice. So I was kind of forced back into the sales training space. And uh, today, 90% of the revenue from my businesses comes from that tra sales training space because we have such massive freaking results. But we're expensive, right? It's 35 grand as of today for me to come spend four half days at your shop. So from eight to 12, four days in a row is 35,000. The reason I did that is because I've got to limit the amount of customers that are hiring me for that service. I'm only one person. I got five boys. I told you earlier, right? They need daddy at home. I can't travel more than once a month. So I keep that on-site list pretty tight. Oh, it makes sense. And I subscribed up into your initial newsletter and getting the first one of the top five reasons service technicians struggle. And it's a real thing, you know, and in terms of that, like you can send as many leads as you want, but if you can't sell, then you've essentially just wasted your money. So investing into that. But I did want to dive into some of that in the top five. I'm not going to necessarily give all of them away on the show, but obviously if somebody wants to go ahead and subscribe to that, they can actually I got go so through. Much shit. I got so much shit to give away, man. You give away as much as you want. I got Perfect. tons of well, stuff let's to give go. away. So servicetechsecrets.io forward slash free dash cheat sheet if you want to get that. So servicetechsecrets.io forward slash free dash cheat sheet. I, like I have a heart for technicians and I have a heart for business owners that own these types of businesses. It's a tough, tough trade. For anybody who's on here I'm, or that watches this in the future, I'm going to extend the offer that if they want to have a 30-minute consultation just to talk about their business, I won't let them buy anything when they talk to me. It'll be completely off limits, but I'd be willing to give anybody who responds to this and says that they saw it on HVAC Success Secrets the Revealed. I'll give them a half an hour of my time. It's ordinarily $4.97 for that, so I'll donate that for anybody who reaches out to me. DM me through Facebook or whatever, and I'll spend a half an hour with you just helping you for free. And the people say, why would you do that? Well, because I think I can help you, and in the future, I'll probably charge a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to get in touch with Gene, facebook.com forward slash Gene S. Slade, uh, S-L-A-D-E. So there's two S's in there. One of the things, and, and like I've done all kinds of sales training over the years, and I mean, Fad and I first met at a direct sales company. But one of the things oh. that I noted that you did amazingly well when you were asking your questions was the change in your tonality and you sounded, and this is straight from Jordan Belfort, sharp as attack, right? Mm -hmm. You were an absolute authority in your field when you're coming at them with that kind of questioning. So every technician needs to go back and listen to those questions again, and not only listen to exactly what he's saying, but how he is saying it, because it is so impactful and it is piercing through, like you said, the, the true false meter, but the bullshit meter. Yeah exactly what you're cutting through when you're talking to a customer in that way. It's no BS. It's straight truth. And I'm coming here to deliver real value to you. And this is how I'm going to do it. It was right. incredible to what, know. What is and, it? Uh, I really wanted to point that out. I think you're probably talking about tone, inflection, enunciation, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, do you guys know how much of our communication is actually body language, tone, and inflection? And then how much is actually the actual words that we say? Like the words are percent is it not? Yeah, it's anywhere, depending on the study, anywhere between 85 to 93% is body yeah. language, tone, and inflection. So it's one thing to have a script. It's another thing to make it yours. Yes. And when I say make it yours, I don't mean change the words. No. Right? I mean, make it sound like you. 
right? Practice it enough until it sounds like you. For the record, I would not suggest people write their own scripts, okay? I would suggest that you find somebody who's an expert in the industry that can prove that they got results and adopt theirs. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yep. If you don't have any sales background, don't even try writing it yourself. It'll flop on your face. You're like, but I have this script and I follow it. No, it doesn't follow anything in the psychology of, of sales and how that works and goes, right? So the the one thing, again, I'm a performance monitored numbers person. You know, what are some of the things, if they don't know their numbers, that can obviously be a hindrance to the sales process because you don't know what you need to do and what you need to tweak and what you need to adjust. So what are some numbers that a person should track in order to be able to improve their performance based off of the numbers and what they need to tweak? Oh my gosh, what a good question. Uh, we have a sales tracker specifically for this that we designed. Sometimes we even give it away for free. It's like 300 bucks normally. And so the first thing that we track is what kind of call is it? Is it a repair call, a tune-up call, a sales call, right? There's only eight things on this thing and they're multiple choice. Second thing is how much did you sell? What was the total, right? Gross revenue. What was the objection? Unless they bought every single thing that you had, what was the objection, right? If they bought the system, but they didn't buy the air quality package, what was the objection to the air quality package? I wanna know that. It could be one of maybe eight or nine objections. Was that the price was too high? It was too expensive? They didn't feel that they needed it? What was the reason, okay? Um, what could you have done better, right? I could have followed the script. I could have nibbled more at the end, right? I could have made more closing attempts. There's a list of things that we could have done. And then the other thing, uh, really the most important thing is to have a coach that can look over your paperwork because in that sales tracker, we have a spot for them to upload their prioritized lists to our Facebook group so that I can look at the lists and go over them with them. When I'm coaching technicians, I have to see their paperwork. The paperwork tells the story. I want to see the prioritized list because I want to see is there every – if is there a good reason other than money for somebody to not have a Remy Halo? Right now, absolutely not. Is there a good reason other than money for people to not have a HEPA filter or a surge protector or a humidifier other than money, right? So I wanna see that every one of my clients, that if they don't have it, it's on a list, a prioritized list. It's gonna be the mandatory stuff, the least that they can do, the stuff that's gonna to need to be done in the near future, and this is stuff that's nice to have. If you see, this is a $22,000 list and there's not one piece of equipment on here, right? There's 15 grand in air quality stuff on here. I wanna see that list because I wanna see if they put a Remy Halo on there. I wanna see if they put everything the client doesn't have. Make your lists bigger is another tip, right? Mm -hmm. Honeywell did a study years ago with air conditioning salespeople when they were selling systems and they gave them these accessory lists. And they said, we want you to offer three accessories with every single sale. And when they offered three accessories, the average client bought one. They said, okay, let's do this. Let's offer 10. So they started offering 10 and the average client bought three. Okay. The only thing that changed was that they presented more, right? So one of the big challenges that I have with technicians and, and business owners is getting them to make the list big, right? You kid, you're kidding me. I'm going to present a $15,000 list. Damn right. And you're going to get permission to do it. And the client's going to thank you for it afterwards. Right. I would want to make sure that if I was an owner, I saw a list of the prioritized, the prioritized list, what, what's the mandatory near future stuff and nice to have. And when you break it down like that for a client, you go, 
Like this is the stuff that is mandatory. You don't really get a choice on that, so that's a done deal. This stuff needs to be done in the near future, and this stuff would be really nice to have. Mm -hmm. The list is designed to get all the mandatory stuff, okay? But sometimes it backfires, and they buy the whole damn list, and then you're screwed. Right? You've got to stay there all day and do the work. It's a real pain in the balls. But um, that's what it's designed for. So making a list, getting technicians to actually put stuff on the list, show it to the client. I think that technicians don't do it because they're not necessarily sold on it themselves. We don't want to sell anything we don't believe in. Yes. Right? Um, or, or anything that we don't feel like the customer is going to benefit from. So that's the other benefit to working with somebody who can help to sell you first on the products. Mm -hmm. What do we get? We get reps that come in from the companies that tell us about how the product works. But do they ever tell us how to get the client to want it? No, they just tell, how, tell us how it fucking works. Nobody cares <laughs> the UV light breaks down the DNA of a microorganism and keeps it from being able to reproduce. So who gives a shit, right? <laughs> They just want to know that their problem's going to go away. You start talking that kind of nonsense to people, they get analysis paralysis. They shut you off. Yeah. Right? And you get screwed. The Facebook Live that you did two days ago, talking about features and benefits, right? The feature is it kills all the bacteria. The benefit to you is, what does this mean to you? Yeah, right? it means that you, we've had clients that have told us that they have less depression. They're not sneezing as much. They're not coughing as much. They sleep better. They've got fewer trips to the doctors, fewer sinus problems, less being poked, being prodded, less, you know, waiting in the waiting. Why do I got to wait in the waiting room? And then I got to wait in the exam room. Then I got to wait at the pharmacy. Why does it take three hours to put 10 pills in a little bottle, right? <laughs> when you're affected by all this stuff. You actually do get sick. It makes you sick. Yeah. It'll cause headaches, fatigue, diarrhea. It, it can cause sexual side effects. I mean, it's not good. So the, I know you mentioned, actually, it's funny, I, listen, I was listening to this, I was walking the dog this morning, and, and I was listening to a podcast. Um, <laughs> one of the things was, and I know you mentioned it as, as kind of one of the tips was, you know, what could you have done differently? Well, you know, what can you look over? But the other part of it is how often should you uh, review your successful sales calls too? So what did you do right? You know, what went well? And can you take some of that and implement that into any of your other calls? So for the people that are looking, okay, it's easy to analyze the bad calls, but what do you look for in some of the good calls when you're going back and reviewing those things? You know, I think it's important to do a huddle on every single call. And I think it's important to celebrate every freaking win. Okay. You guys get, when you get beat up, a lot of times it's pretty hard, right? And it makes you not want to go back the next time and, and stick your neck out for somebody to just, you know, chop it. Right, because some clients are mean, they beat the shit out of you. I would celebrate every single win. And in fact, inside of our Service Tech Secrets Mastermind, it's one of the things that we ask everybody to do at least once a day, jump on a Facebook Live inside the group and share a success with us, the whole success story, because a good salesperson is a good storyteller, all right? They don't realize I'm reverse engineering things with them. I get them used to being in front of a group of people and telling a story. Good salesperson is a good storyteller. And listen, if you didn't have a success, share your shitty day. Share mm -hmm. the, the failure. Share, I got kicked out of a house. I said this and she slapped me for whatever it is. <laughs> share the good, share the bad. And this is one of the amazing things about having a group like that to be in is that when you have a bad day, people come and they lift you up, right? And they help you. 
um, unpacking each of your calls is massively important. So important that it was one of two accountability pieces that I had when I owned my air conditioning company. The first one was you had to make a prioritized list, like I just showed you, on every single one of your calls. And you had to turn in a copy of it. If you didn't turn in a copy of it, I'm not paying you until you turn in a copy. You know the rules. It's what it is. I'd have guys go, but boss, I didn't do one. Uh, well, you better do one. Otherwise, you can't get paid on that call, right? Mm -hmm. And eventually, they just started doing the prioritized list and presenting it to the customers. I knew that it would work eventually. Second thing, if they were going to get a zero ticket, zero tickets are the killer of our, our self-esteem. They're, they're, they're horrible. They're one of the worst things that you can fall victim to, accepting them. So all my guys, if you were going to get a zero ticket, they had to call me before they left the job. Otherwise, I wouldn't pay them for the job. And we, I would coach them. I'd say, what has happened so far? What would you say? What would they say? Okay, I think I understand what's going on. Go in there and say this. And 50% of the time, we tracked it about 50% of the time, they would come back with a sale, where before they weren't going to make a sale. Hmm. Okay. And I don't care if it's a $100 sale or $10,000 sale. A sale's a freaking sale. I feel good about it when I leave. Okay. Yep, I feel bad when I don't. Right. So uh, uh, celebrate every win, celebrate every capacitor. Celebrate every drain tablet you sell, okay? Because they're yeah. saying yes to you, right? Yeah. And that, it builds, it builds your conscience. It's, it's using the law of attraction. Yeah. You're putting that stuff out there. When you share those success videos and stuff like that, you're putting out there into the universe that you are a success and more of that's going to come back to you. And we see it every day. So what are some things that you do to help guys when they have the no, right? Because I mean, we're all in sales. Like I'm in sales, Evan's in sales, you're in sales. When we hear the no, it is deflating. And if you hear it enough times, you almost can kind of lose some of your mojo in a sense. And Ken, I mean, it's the game between the years, right? I'll, I'll open the mind. So what are some things that you've noticed and that you've coached people on to help overcome those no's, to gain some of your confidence back if you've had a bunch of no's in a row? Awesome question. It reminds me of a story. So I'm sitting in Naples, Naples, Florida, pretty nice area, right? And I'm sitting outside of this condominium, two-story condo complex, not the greatest condo or anything like that, but I'm getting ready to go present an $8,500 split system, like 13 seer vertical, two and a half ton in the closet. And I'm getting ready to go up and it's a husband and wife I'm dealing with. And all of a sudden I got that feeling right here. You ever get that feeling in your stomach? before you go to present something to somebody, before you have a big meeting, before a big sporting event or whatever, the butterflies, you know what I'm talking about, right? I started to get the butterflies and I, and I wasn't feeling good. <laughs> I was worried. And I said, God, this is not good. I knew about the law of attraction, but I, I, I didn't really realize I was practicing it the wrong way at this stage of the game. And I went, God, I'm feeling like shit. I'm feeling sick. I hate feeling this way. And it occurred to me, I was thinking about all the things I didn't want. I was thinking about the no's. I was thinking about the objections. I was thinking about them not trusting me, not believing me, not buying from me, right? And that mindset is a huge one. They can read it. They're like, it's like a dog, man. They can sense the fear, right? And so I went, okay, look, the law of attraction says that whatever you think about, you bring about. Whatever you focus on, you get more of. What is it that I want? Because right now I don't want what I'm thinking about. And I went, hmm. I want everyone to trust me and I want everybody to buy from me. And at that moment, I decided that I was going to create a new dendrite, a new neural pathway. I don't know if you guys know this, but a thought's an actual thing. It's an electrical impulse, right? 
And if you think a thought over and over and over again, did you know that it actually burns a pathway through your brain called a dendrite? And then that dendrite is no longer a thought anymore. It's a belief. Mm -hmm. You ever heard that if you tell somebody something enough, they begin to believe it? Mm -hmm. Do you know that you're brainwashed? <laughs> that we're all brainwashed? So I said, if I can brainwash myself, that'd be great. So I'm going to say to myself, every time I go to a call, everybody trusts me. Everybody buys from me. Everybody trusts me. Everybody buys from me. Everybody trusts me. Everybody buys from me. I'd say it 30 times before I walked into every call. And I would actually feel the feeling of walking away from that house with a $1,500 check on top of my invoice, on top of my clipboard, and tucked under my arm, and them waving and saying thank you to me. Right? So I would say that 30 times before every single call, um, 30 times before I go into the call, right? And when I walked in, I had this air of confidence about me. It was almost like they didn't know that I wasn't the best guy in my field in the country, right? But I had this air of confidence and I began to attract it. Within 60 calls after I started doing that, I had a 72.36% closing ratio. Within 60 calls, I was up to a 95% closing ratio. Okay, uh, with a $1,032 average ticket running free maintenance calls and not selling any equipment. Okay, I'll say it again, $1,032 average ticket running free maintenance calls. Now I've got guys that are doing way better than that nowadays, right? We've, we've, we've really refined the system, but that's it. It's your mindset, guys. So a man thinketh, therefore he is. Your thoughts and, and what you feed will determine the rest of your life. All right, if you don't like life the way that it is, begin to speak that life is a different way, right? And if you feel like you're lying to yourself, like you guys have heard of affirmations. Everybody's heard of affirmations. Yeah. I, was, I was about to say, I'm like, that's the, you're talking affirmations, you know, and they're such a powerful thing for somebody to be able to just reaffirm, 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 reaffirm. There's a problem with affirmations, though. There is. There's, yep. a, there's a real problem with them, and that is that the brain thinks we're lying to ourselves. It's like we're telling ourselves a lie. My kids, every night we do affirmations, and um, and all five of them just yell back down from the balcony. I'll stand in our, our lower great room, and they're up on the balcony, and I'll, they'll repeat after me, I'm kind to others, I'm smart, I'm important, I'm determined, I'm disciplined, I'm persistent, I'm creative, I'm passionate, I'm full of love. I'm meaning God's image. Like We'll just hammer it, but when we start saying that, let's say we want to affirm that I'm a millionaire. I'm, I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm a millionaire. Well, guess what? My brain says I'm not, right? So not I feel like I'm lying to myself. I picked this up from another mentor. He says, you have to add to the front of your affirmations, I love the thought that. Mm. Because that's true. I love the thought that I'm a millionaire. I love the thought that I have over 10,000 people that are in my program right now. I love the thought that I make 150,000 bucks a year, whatever it is. I love the thought that I vacation with my wife quarterly. I love the thought that my kids are A students, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love the thought before your affirmations and your brain will accept it as the truth and it's a faster way to speed up the progress of what's going on with affirmations. I believe in affirmations, thousand percent. I've seen it work in my life, um, but if you want to turbocharge them, add to the beginning of your affirmations. I love the thought that, okay? Well, and when you add emotion into it as well, and even when you start moving your body when you're doing it, you know, when you're just sitting there quietly reading it to yourself, there's no emotion into it and your body traps feeling and memory to emotion. 
that's why you know physical abuse is something that's so traumatic for people because yeah. it stays in the body in different parts. And so when you're able to, yeah, mine stayed in my ass from all the beatings my dad used to give me <laughs> <laughs> with the old paint sticks, right? Not the like, no, man, black, black, you know, like, pipe. Ass round ones. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? Well, here, this, this one's for you, dad. Here you go. Ready? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm so grateful for my father. Without him, I wouldn't be here where I'm at today. So, so question from John Dixon. We'll throw this one up there. Have you ever worked with SBE, a hearing piece of their system? So I don't know what SBE stands for, but you might. Here's what I can tell him. I have been through the train boot camp. I have been through the success academies. I have been through Charlie Greer sales survival school. I've been through so much, so much different sales training. Uh, the Airtime 500 stuff, I managed a company that was an Airtime 500 company and went through all the training that they had. Man, if, if, if it's been trained, I've just about been through. I've been through Todd Lyle's school, pretty much everything. There's a blend that you pick stuff up everywhere, right? And then you use it in the field and you see what works. And then all we've done is taken the stuff that worked absolutely the best and scripted it out. Is all of the stuff that you're sharing, honestly, like, no, I'm not shitting you at all. It's the same shit that I learned as a 19-year-old kid selling Cutco knives. Yes. Right? Like, yes. that's everything that you said in the, the video that I watched, everything that you just shared now, like, all of it is, I'm like, fuck, flashbangs constantly of memories from Cutco right down to the wish list, right? Let's build out the wish yep. list. And hey, don't worry about it, Mrs. Jones. Like this, you don't have to get everything on it. We're just building out the wish list of if you could have it, what would it be? And this list was $5,000 worth of knives. And it's no wonder that I walked out of there with an average sale of $1,000 selling kitchen knives. Like this isn't compressed. I, mean, uh, I bought the cut, though. I, I, and not only that, not only did I buy the full block, the biggest block they've got, hey, I bought yeah. for family members this Christmas. I sent out $500 in cut code to family members. Your rep must be happy with you. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, I love it. It's the basics of sales and it's applicable across the board. And I went from selling Cutco, I was headhunted and asked to come and sell HVAC. And I walked into that part-time and I was number two in the company behind the number one guy averages across the board. We were the same, but he was doing it full-time. So of course his numbers were higher, but I was crushing guys that were full-time. Simply yeah. because I knew how to sell. And the only reason I took the job was because I felt like, well, I can only sell because it's Cutco and not because I'm actually good. And I walked into there and I proved myself wrong, which was always fun to it's, do. Sales is not something that's difficult. It just takes something. It takes time. It's like it's a craft just like any mechanical craft. You want to learn how to replace an engine? It's the same similar processes, right? It's just just takes time to learn it is all. It takes some commitment. And they say anybody can do it. I don't know if that's the case. Um, I think there are some people that are lean towards that. Like if I was going to hire salespeople, I would do disc profiles on them. I'd be hiring high D's and high I's and stuff like that, right? The drivers. I'm like a 99D and a 98I. I was listening to Ken Goodrich on a clubhouse last night. You guys know the new clubhouse app, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and he says that if you want to find a guy who's good at sales, find a guy whose dad was really hard on him. He's got something mm -hmm. to prove. <laughs> now that's a man who's got some experience in hiring people. Totally. Yep. My first summer selling Cutco. I mean, I kind of always had the the gift of the gab, but never sold anything in my life. My dad told me to go get a real job. Uh, like, why don't you go work on the rigs, you know, and, and go in the oil field and get some, you know, trades experience and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, no, no, I'm going into school for business. 
I want to get you know sales experience because I think that's going to be relatable. And so he shot me down on my very first meeting. He, they didn't buy a single thing from me. I think my mom ended up buying a, a, <laughs> like, a like a peeler, right? And like the cheapest thing ever. And I'm like, no, mom, like we get them, we get them for five bucks. It's like a lead magnet for us. And so like I'm not going to sell you a peeler. I'll just give it to you. So they didn't buy a single thing. <laughs> At the end of the summer. End of the summer, I'm like, you know what? After that, I was like, you know what, Dad? I'm going to prove to you that I can do this. And so I went out and I crushed it. was like number three in all of Canada in, in the sales for that summer. He ended up buying a set for me at the end of the summer. And now he owns two Cutco sets because nice. he wanted one for their house down in Phoenix. And so it's just like, okay, well, now you've got two Cutco sets when you laughed at me the first time I told you I got a job selling knives. So David Lander put this up here. So ask for the sale. How many yep. times do you see guys – go through the whole process and then they drop the ball on this particular question. Oh my God. It's well, it's statistically it's 85% of the time. Dave Lavender is actually one of my service tech secrets mastermind members. So he's in my highest paid program that there is, and he's already seeing massive results. That guy actually just went on a call the other day and he was listening to the recording of the, I want to think about it script. And the client literally came up on him and he started talking to them and they told him he wanted to think about it. And he actually literally word for word was listening to what I say and repeating it back. And he ended up closing a $12,000 sale. Nice. <laughs> he, sent me, he sent me a, a voice message. I couldn't believe it. I was laughing like crazy. But yeah, 85% of the, the salespeople do not ask for the sale. And did you know that the average salesperson that makes a quarter million or more asks for the sale at least six times before he gives up? Now he doesn't ask for it in the same way that he asked for it previously, because that's high pressure. Yes. Right. Without bringing in some sort of new piece of information that might change the the game, sales statistics. There you go. Eighty percent of the time, it's going to take five to twelve contacts in order for yeah. them to actually buy. Or you know, ten percent of people stop after three contacts, right? And like contacts is just follow up, follow up, or asking yeah. for the order. The thing about like a wish list, and this is what we learned from the Cutco days, and, and maybe you teach part of this in there. If you write down 20 items, well, show it with 20 items. And they say, oh no, you know, that doesn't work. Well, then you can drop down. And by the time you get down to three items, well, now you've asked 10 times, 12 times in different ways and, and such, and without, you know, putting a lot of pressure on them. Now that- uh, Persistence wears down resistance. Yep. Mm -hmm. Persistence wears down resistance. It's hard for somebody to say no to you that many times, right? Well, and especially when you're, do you want to buy this? 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 Right? Like it's not that. It's presenting new information, right? Yeah. Ask a question, present new information, ask again. Right. Yeah. That's it. Right. And don't don't fire all your bullets the first time because then you'll have <laughs> nothing left, right? What happens yeah. if you shoot you shoot your whole wad and and they say no? Right, you ain't got nothing left, right? Yeah, so save your bullets. Give them an opportunity to buy. If they don't, don't sweat it, right? Just make sure that you're able to give them some new information and something that changes the game. And then you can ask them to buy again. This brings me to follow-up, guys, mm. right? You're talking about all of the different, uh, how many contacts it takes to make. My business partner, Steve, talks about that all the time. Um, the, he says the fortune is in the follow-up. Have you ever mm -hmm. heard this? Absolutely. Yep. And I want to give something to the listeners that they would otherwise not get unless they were inside the private mastermind. And it's a script for follow-up. Okay. Most of you, you go out there, you try to make the sale. If it doesn't happen, you just are like, well, they never call back anyways. That's a great attitude to have, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You go up against me like that and I'm going to eat your lunch. 
Okay. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to sell just about every damn job out from under you. Right. Cause if I don't sell the job right now and I want to get back in, I'm going to make a telephone call to him. I'm going to go ring, ring. Hello. Hi. Is this Mr. Smith? Yeah, it's Mr. Smith. Hey, Mr. Smith. This is Gene. I was out there talking to you about a new heating and air conditioning system the other day, how to reduce your energy bills, make your system operate better, super quiet and clean up your air. Do you remember me? What's he going to say? Of course I remember you. Like I go over the top in the beginning. Right, because I want to. I'm disrupting their day. They're already going to be irritated. Okay, I, they're probably irritated that they were on Facebook. Uh, Facebook and a number popped up that they didn't know. And hello, right? <laughs> we got to kind of break through that shell real quick and make them feel good. Right, so they're going to go. Of course, I remembered you. Here it is. You ready? This is magic. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom for follow up. I'm going to go, Mr. Smith. I was laying in bed last night, staring at the ceiling, and I kept thinking about your job. I even, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Remember this. So I was laying in bed last night, staring at the ceiling, thinking about your job. I even talked to my supervisor about it this morning. And I, we've got a couple of ideas, how we might be able to save you some money, maybe even make you an offer you can't refuse. But I don't want to say anything until I take another look at the job. Are you going to be around about six o'clock tonight? Okay. If they will let you back in the door, you will close that deal. But you've got to go word for word. So I want you guys to rewind the tape and write it down word for word. Learn it word for word. Because if you screw up one word in here, it can change the whole meaning of the word. And I'll give you an example here in just a second, right? So it's, I was laying in bed last night, staring at the ceiling, thinking about your job. Ooh, he was thinking about me. And uh, I even talked to my supervisor about it this morning. Oh, shit, we escalated, right? And we've got a couple of ideas how we might be able to save you a little bit of money, maybe make you an offer you can't refuse. Ooh, that's interesting. I might let him back in the door for that, but I don't want to say I don't want to say anything until I take another look at the job. Oh shit, I can't get it out of him now. He's got to come over. You're gonna be around about six o'clock. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, cool. See you then. Right. So follow up, follow up, follow up. If you can do that, you'll get back in the door, and chances are pretty good that they're going to buy. If they'll let you in, they like and trust you enough. Yep. Okay. You just got to come up with a reason there to be able to work something out, and it might only be a couple hundred bucks. They let you in. They know they trust you enough. Well, they already have the no factor, right? No like trust. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about that, you know, on our end of things is no like trust, the no like trust. And having that, that establishment there helps lead it to that sale. Can I push back on the, the they have to know, like, and trust you? I don't think people have to like you in order to buy from you. I think it helps, mm-hmm. but they don't have to like you to buy from you. Would this be a good referral or not? You go to somebody and you say at work, you go, hey, who does your air conditioning? I got this air conditioning problem. And they're like, hey call Gene Slade, okay? I should tell you in advance, you probably won't like him, okay? But he will do the most amazing job for you. You'll never have to worry about whether or not it was installed properly. He'll give you good service after the fact. Would that be a good referral? Nope. They don't have to like me. I've done plenty of business with people that I was sure didn't like me, but they bought, they trusted me. They need to, they need to trust you. You need to have some rapport. It's really well, good. Times do you hear it in sales where it's like, oh, you know what? Like, I really like you. You're such a good guy, but I decided to go with them instead. Yeah. You hear it all the time in sales. If you are a nice guy, I used to hear it all the time. And I got over the fact of trying to be their best friend and instead tried to find how can I bring you the most value and convey it in a way that you understand it. Yeah. They're not going to invite you over for their, their 4th of July party. Okay. So stop being fake with people. People don't like that shit. If you come to my house and you're offering me your sincere compliment within the first 60 seconds to five minutes, I know you're trying to get on my side. 
Yeah. I know you're trying to sell me. It's fake. It's phony. It doesn't work. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the old way of, of trying to make a sale is by trying to build rapport. But if you try and hug a non-hugger, you've lost the sale. Yeah. So quit trying to build rapport and instead try to, to build value and convey your message the right way and connect. Well, and the people by asking the right questions, uh, yeah. the people that are natural rapport builders are going to give you more. Yes. The people that aren't, they're not going to. And so if you're, if you're trying to force awkward questions, it's just not going to work because they're going to see right through it. And people talk about asking questions all the time, but you've got to ask the right questions at the right time. Yes. Right. My big thing is don't give me information. Ask me information. What are you mm -hmm. talking about? Give me information, but in the form of a question. Yes. All right. Did you know, were you aware? And then boom, drop the fact on me and you'll bypass my truth false filter. And I will come to the conclusion on my own that I need what it is that you're talking about. And then all you got to do is the rest of the process, which is not like short, super, super short, but it's not as hard as establishing a need. That's for damn sure. Totally. 100%. So thank you again, Gene, uh, for taking the time to jump on the show with us. We definitely appreciated it. So again, if you want to follow Gene, reach out to him. We had that free offer. So if you send him a message at facebook.com forward slash Gene S. Slade and say, hey, I was watching HVAC Success Secrets Revealed, he'll give you 30 minutes of his time to roll through some stuff. He was not going to sell you anything on that. It's more just a complimentary session for that. So we appreciate you doing just that. Just for us to get to know each other. And I'll give you one or two things to help you in your business on that particular call. I charge a thousand bucks an hour for these conversations. So please uh, hit me up, DM me. I'll give you 30 minutes. I'll pay for it. Okay. And the, the goal is just to help you with your business. And why would I do it for free? Because I think I can help you, number one. And number two, I'd probably charge a lot of money in the future. You said it better than, than me trying to pitch your business for you. So thanks, Gene. Uh, until next time, guys. Cheers. Are you the first name people in your area think of when they think of HVAC service? It better be. And our friends at Butler Productions can help. You know those jingles from when you were a kid that just got stuck in your head all day long? Well, Butler Productions helps you put that same branding power to work for your business. They'll produce a custom jingle that will help you stand out from your competitors and stay top of mind for a lifetime. Call Butler Productions at 1-833-3-JINGLE or go to jinglesbybutler.com. That's J-I-N-G-L-E-S-B-Y-B-U-T-L-E-R.com and tell them Evan sent you and you'll save 15% on your own custom jingle. So give them a shout today. Hey, thanks for watching another episode of HVAC Success Secrets Revealed. Before you go, join our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash HVAC Revealed. That URL one more time, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash HVAC Revealed. Um, the other thing, if you took one nugget, one little golden nugget of information from this show, no matter how big, no matter how small, what we ask is you introduce this show to one person in your contacts list. That's it. That's all we ask. Introduce it to one person in your contacts list so they too can unleash the ultimate HVAC business. Until next time, cheers.